Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049, the Horn Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. That means we got so much to discuss. We'll get into it full Monty, though, so that means we got all four hours to get into it. We'll talk about the national title game tonight, preview that matchup. Also, we'll talk about uh, Rodney Terry setting the record straight uh, about exactly how much he's uh, contributed to this current Texas basketball team. Tyrese Hunter, some big news there, but also uh, the Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese conversation. We'll get into it uh, right here on Ball Don't Lie, but also uh, Peter King suggesting the Texans may take a, an alternate path with that number two overall pick. We'll also talk about how uh, D- B. John Robinson has been the favorite to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we'll get into Texas Spring Football news, notes, and nuggets. We'll get into some of the uh, nuggets from the spring scrimmage they had over the weekend. All of that and more. Before we do, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but it's had to forego the 40 acres and chase his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. He is the Mike Hardball Hards. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Back at it, man. And it's funny, too, because this narrative about this uh, trash talking. Rod, you was a, 
a high-level football player hey, played in the league. Come on That's what the game is all about. Mm-hmm. I don't understand come on how especially people that don't watch the sport at all have something to say about it. <laughs> that's the thing that's really irritating <laughs> to me. And then they got to do the – my man Rob Baber's backpedal. You know what I'm saying? They had to do oh, the backpedal. Oh, 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 there was a oh, lot of backpedaling on, on, on what they were doing. They didn't know how to turn them hips, though. They didn't know how to turn them <laughs> hips. But let me talk about my man that sits across from me. He hails from H-Town with the get-down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babers. I appreciate that intro as always. That's not a waste any time. Introducing the real MVP, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know he's underpaid. He's Patrick Davis. What's going on, Patrick? Hey, man, it's another Monday getting it done. Uh, yeah, national title game tonight, so we'll get into previewing that matchup a little bit later on here uh, in this segment or a little bit later on in the show, depending on how this segment goes. Uh, there's some Rodney Terry audio that we got to get to that's pretty interesting uh, that I thought was pretty cool. We'll get to that. Uh, also, some uh, news with Texas basketball that we'll discuss. Uh, but honestly, uh, with the national title game tonight between the men, uh, the men's national title game tonight, uh, the women's national title game and what transpired during that game seems to be the one of the hottest topics of conversation around the country now LSU won and it was a pretty you know I'll say it was a dominant win uh but it was a commanding one all right 102 to 85 hard but you even 102 just, let's not forget that yeah it was, it was, a, it was a big yeah. one I mean it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> that they did they did have a run I had a run they brought it close to a thing like that I was like a seven uh, yeah, point, they, something they, like they that. ran it down. They were up by 21 at they, one point. Yeah, at one point it was <laughs> yeah, it was an Old Testament style, but with yeah. it at one point. Uh, but then they, they brought it pretty close. That wasn't the top story. So the top story is, first first of all, Caitlin Clark is, for hours, a phenomenal player. Uh, she actually ended up uh, breaking the tournament record for most threes and points scored in the tournament. So she just had an all-time great tournament. Mm-hmm. And she's, she became a star. Yep. Basically, yeah, kind of a, a household name among sports fans during the tournament. Uh, but, of course, she was on a losing team. A lot of people thought she should have won Most Outstanding Player. She did not. Uh, the young lady that won Most Outstanding Player was Angel Reese. Mm-hmm. For LSU, and she is she is a she's a freak. Like yeah, she a, is a, a freak of nature. Baller. Yeah, she's yeah. a beast out there, man. She, she is really an is. absolute baller. Yeah, she really. I mean, I've, I've watched several highlights of her. I like her style. I think she's great. Thirty four double doubles, by the way. <laughs> Thirty four <laughs> no, double doubles, and she is she. And like I said, really, team reflects leadership. She reflects. Honestly, Kim, Kim Mulkey's personality. Exactly. She's she's That's very braggadocious. Hate. That's why people hate Kim Mulkey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why people hate Kim she Mulkey. She dresses better than Kim Mulkey, in oh, my yeah. opinion. But, yeah. hey, it is what it is, right? Hey, I don't dress myself. <laughs> These people, they, I got a fashion designer. They just send me <laughs> stuff. And for the record, I'm I'm a Kim Mulkey fan. Me I'll too. Admit that too. I'm a Kim Mulkey fan. I like, well, I like what she does. I like her style. But anyway, getting back to the, the, the topic at hand here. So during the game, but, you know, right at – Toward the end, when it was already settled, um, Angel Reese <laughs> decided to, by the way, to, to taunt Caitlin Clark with one of her own, what one of her own kind of signature, mm-hmm. like it was kind of her signature. She did she taunting. Like, she, That's her signature taunt. I don't know. I want to call it a taunt. I do. 
I do. I do. It's her, it, yes, yes. Yeah, it's not a I, I would say move, but it's not a move in basketball. But yeah, yeah. yeah that's her thing. Like it's a, it, it's something that's unique to her. She hits a shot, has a great moment. She likes to celebrate. So it's her signature celebration. Okay. Maybe that's a better way to say it for okay. her. All right. Yeah. I like you're right though. You're yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> you're just being real with keeping yeah, 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 you're keeping it real. I'm, I'm trying but to keep yes. it one. But no, no, yeah, yeah. she taunts her opponents. Well, she makes a big shot, she gets something, she does something really well. She'll taunt her opponents by doing essentially the John Cena. Uh, you can't Tony see me. Tony Yayo. Let's make yeah, sure Tony Yayo. Yeah, we got audio of that right to get yeah. that get that correct though. But most people know it from John Cena. They don't. Know, they, most people don't know Tony Yayo. <laughs> you saying Tony Yayo? You got like two percent of people out there right now listening that know they who Tony Yayo is. Not many of them do. Not many of them hard. Correct. Correct. Okay. We're in Austin. You and I do. We're in Austin, Texas. Not many of them. God bless them. We all love them, but not many of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, we'll get to that in a second because we got some audio of that. But uh, she did that and also pointed to the ring finger. Uh, uh, to taunt Kaylin Clark, also to show that you know, obviously we're about to win the win the championship, get the, get the rings, and you're not. All right, so <laughs> uh, with all that being said, now it's become a big topic of conversation because Kaylin Clark, like I said, her signature celebration now used you know against her uh, by her opponent in the championship game. Uh, some people are calling this classless. Uh, Keith Oberman pretty much led the charge. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Of course. <laughs> in the Twitterverse, where he basically uh, captioned a video of her taunting, of Angel Reese taunting Caitlin Clark with a, what a effing idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was his caption on it. And then there were others who followed. But that, what, did, that what did Shaq tell him? Uh, what was Shaq's response? <laughs> Shaq, Shaq told him, shut your ass up. <laughs> don't be hating on her. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I don't know why Keith Oberman was so passionate about it, but he was. Then uh, Danny Cannell was another guy. He put out there classless. So, to me, this is, first of all, I just want to applaud uh, women's basketball right now. Yeah. Hey, ladies. Get that moment, man. I don't think we've ever led off the show talking women's <laughs> basketball. So, God, this is fantastic. <laughs> this is great, good for you. And it's got all the elements you need. It does. It's got sexism. All right. It's got racism thrown in there. It's too, got every bit. ism you it's would want. It's got every ism you thrown in <laughs> yeah, there, too. Yeah. And then you got the gen- – it's a generational thing, too. So, ageism. I agree. Right? Because there's a generation of people who just hate trash talking at any level or any celebratory stuff during the game at mm-hmm. all. They hate all that. They don't like it at all. Uh, my hell, my dad's probably in that group. I just don't like any of it. And then some people like us kind of grew up in. I grew up in the prime Dion prime time uh, era. So hell, I was trying to get to a point where I could celebrate. I didn't get many of those occasions, but <laughs> oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it count. All right, I'm gonna have a good time when oh, I do it. Sure. And so I think there's there's just so many different storylines thrown into it. So it is right now, if not the hottest topic, sports topic in the country. All right, and uh, I just want to congratulate the ladies because I always say that villains create conflict and conflict creates storylines. You got a ton of conflict here. Both of these ladies are seen as villains, depending on what side of the argument you're on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it's just great. And, and it's, I think I look at sports as entertainment. Some people are taking this way too seriously, by the way. Agreed. Agreed. So talking identity politics into the matter and all that kind of stuff. That's ridiculous. No, this is like WrestleMania. This is, yeah. <laughs> to me, this is the same thing. I'm like, no, man, we got to enjoy it for what it's worth. Let's not get too into it. But I do think it's fantastic that now you have these really great storylines because you have these fantastic characters. Agreed. Right? It, the character development has been amazing. Caitlin Clark becoming like a star throughout the tournament, 240 plus 
point games mm-hmm. uh, Magic Johnson and Steph Curry and all these stars remarking how great she is and then LSU comes out and you know they love to be the villain and Kim Mulkey is a natural oh, villain oh my goodness I she love can't help Kim but Mulkey. be a villain yeah and then you got your villain going up against the I don't know, from from our all right and they can be more different yeah I mean both these teams and personalities all that kind of stuff I just think it's I, I want to applaud the ladies I think it's great. I do too. I, I think, think it's it, great. I think it was a great, great call. Um, I, I have been following women's basketball. It, my son filled out a bracket. You know what I'm saying? Because we're into the game. We're always about it. So we've known about Caitlin Clark for the last two years. Okay. We've known about these types of players. I remember when uh, Reese was at Maryland. She went to Maryland first. And she was telling people, you know, this is who I am. This is where I grew up. And I grew up on the court where you had to be able to talk trash. Hmm. That's what it's all about. And if you know anybody that plays a sport at a very high level, they talk trash, period. You may not like it. It may not be for you, and that's okay. But you don't, you don't talk about other people and try to talk down on them because they can do something you can't. And that is the problem that I have with it where everybody started really – going after her for something that Caitlin Clark has done to many people. And here's the bottom line about it all. She didn't care. The people that are all upset and up, up, up in arms, they weren't participating in that game. They didn't know what the backstory was. They didn't know about the mutual respect when they were playing against each other because they both – or at the top of their games. As I just said, we talked about the 40-point games. That's great. She broke Cheryl Swoop's mm-hmm. scoring record. But Angel Reese just had 34 double-doubles this year. Think about that. Nice. Talented. Talented. No question. And she fed to what people kept saying to her the entire year. Y'all too ghetto. Y'all so this. Y'all so that. Man, whatever. They was hooping. And we got a chance to watch a basketball game, which – this has taken so much away from them. Like, they both played great basketball games last night. And the one team got hot and the other team did not. And that's it. I, I watched the entire game. My family went to that game. We bought tickets to that game last night. Wow. They were in the house. In the house. And, oh. and, and enjoying every minute of it. And I even got a text from my wife. And she was like, why is everybody worried about what these two people are saying to each other? Because – your wife played at a high level of soccer. My wife did, too. They talk trash just as much as anybody else. Yeah, I think that's part of it, too. That's yeah. part of it. Like with Seeing women talk trash makes some people uncomfortable. I think that's just fair to put out yeah. there. They're not used to it. And uh, these ladies, they, they do it well. Yes. Right? They, they do it. And like I said, I, I have no problem with it. I always said it. And <laughs> to your point about Kaylin Clark, this is kind of the – the, the culture of basketball that she grew up in. It's like, hey, man, you just talk trash. It's what you do. Yeah. I remember going to the seven on sevens. Oh, recently. Man. Yeah. And I remember telling Harge, I was like, dude, this is way different. The trash talk culture <laughs> exactly. with the young, every time they, they catch a pass or every time they do anything, they always got something to say or About a gesture yeah. or something, <laughs> a celebratory move. I swear I never did that. I right. knocked down a pass. Like I would go to my crew and then we, right. would, you know, we dap it up. We do something, and we had our limit. When I got to college, we'd have kind of the old school. But we do a high five. We did a, a, a leaping high five. Right. 
That was our thing. We'd make a play, leave behind with each other. That was about it. Right. All right. Do the seven on seven high school level. And you you yeah. you witnessed this. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable it's the trash talk going on. Correct. I would probably be in a couple of scuffles every time. It's a it's unbelievable. It's too easy. Constantly. It, yeah, it's too easy now because yeah. everybody has something to say. So it is a there is a different culture of, sure. of, of the trash talk For that sure. obviously they're growing up in than the ones we grew up in. I like the you know, there's a difference between taunting and stunting. Right? <laughs> if Hear about this, and you know I can bring it back to a wrestling thing. We just had WrestleMania, so I can bring it back to a wrestling uh, reference. Ric Flair doesn't taunt; he stunts. Yeah, because that's who Ric Flair is. That's who he is. All right, yeah. like, like, you, know, you know what I mean? It, it, it he's stunting. Yep. That's who you know. What I mean, it's stunting is a habit. That's yep. Ric Flair. It's a habit. It's habitual for him to stunt. I would say for still to this day, still to this day, yeah. I would say for a lot of these athletes, Caden Clark and for Angel Reese, and I went and watched some clips of Angel Reese before she was going up against Caden Clark. She just tried to specify her kind of stun. It was a taunt, but she does. She she lets all of her opponents know. Yeah. How she I'm you know, how she feels, yeah. yeah, and then I got she she lets all her opponents. So she just got that's a trash talk culture going on there yep. too. So both of these you young win ladies, some, you lose some. Yeah, you exactly. You know what I'm saying? You win some, you lose some. But you know when it comes down to it, one of you are gonna back it up. They again, they both played great during this game. So that's respect. But then there's also okay, let me give you a little bit of this because you've been doing it to everybody all season long. That's Talking fair. that trash. It's and true. now all of a sudden, it ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun, right? And so now all of a sudden we win or they win, and you're like, oh, man, I can't believe she did that. But it was what's that song say? It's cool when they do it, but when I do it, it's a problem. I, 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 I honestly, either way, like I said, look, it's, it is entertainment, people, so you can't 100%. take it too seriously. All right? Wow. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of y'all try to get political with this whole thing, uh, but the truth is it's, it, it's brilliant storylines and yeah. for in terms of bringing people to the game who normally wouldn't be uh, attracted or interested in the game. It's done a really good job. So I'll applaud them for that. Uh, LSU ends up winning, and Kim Oki wins up with her fourth. Yep, fourth yep. national title as yep. head coach. And that's the other in part. In her second year. That's the other too. part. Like, everybody's taking away the fact, because everybody wanted that, that good, wholesome story of, uh-oh, they slayed the giant, LSU. Was, that was wholesome? No, I'm saying. But I'm talking about Kim Mulkey. People didn't want Kim Mulkey to no, win. No, they don't like Kim Mulkey. They don't want Kim Mulkey to win. No. And she just goes out there and do her job. That's this is the man, this is the main thing that you gotta look at when you look at Kim Mulkey. She's a damn good coach. Oh yeah. She wins and she wants the best out of her players. She don't care where you come from. You're gonna come to this court and you're gonna give me everything that you got. And if not, I'm gonna demand it. And if you can't handle it. I ain't built for everybody. And she went out there and won in her second year. Let's not forget, two years ago, this team won nine games, bro. That's wild. They won nine games, and then last year they won 26, and this year she goes out there and wins a championship. And she was like, I don't know how we did it. We did it, but I don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) I like your kid there. I don't know how. 
Uh, but no, it's interesting that it's, it's become such the uh, the hot topic. It is one of the biggest uh, sports stories the in the country. Yep. In the country, and like I said, I I applaud the ladies, man. They did a really good job of bringing women's basketball to the forefront. Get people interested in the sport. Who gives a mm-hmm. damn how you do it? Right. Um, but they did it with great character development and storylines. Uh, they did. I mean, you, you have, got, like you, you said, villains, you had villains, villains and heroes, and oh man, people yep. took sides. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Quickly, people was on Twitter. Keith Oberman. I mean, come on, <laughs> Keith Oberman's a grown I'm like, man. Is he I'm still like, around? What an effing idiot! I'm like, <laughs> bro, you couldn't have phrased that differently. Yeah, you were that passionate about it. But there you go. If you can bring yep. out that kind of passion, I, I would phrase it differently. Like I said, <laughs> you could, right? You could have said, uh, yeah, I guess the classist thing is the best way to go. But I don't understand how it's classless. I, I don't really either. Don't. I don't either. I really don't get the. I think what people are really the most yeah. that they're upset about is that she walked around the court she did she it. did follow her yeah she did yeah. follow her. you know what hey, let's hear from caitlin clark because she is the one that was being i guess taunted uh by the way she does a lot of taunting yeah right? she was just on the other foot this time and uh she was on the other end of it by angel reese she was asked about the taunting thing, period, mm-hmm. and all the you know the extra showmanship during the games, which she herself has become famous for. And everybody loved her for it, by the way. Um, she was asked about it. Here is what she had to say in her response. Our final question to the left. Hi, Caitlin Jack Meter with KCRG. I remember a couple months back you said, people need to play with that fire. I play with that fire. And now here we are at the national championship game. Social media is buzzing over the quote-unquote two best trash talkers in the country, mm-hmm. you and Angel Reese. I presume you view that actually as a positive thing, not a negative thing, playing with passion. Do you view it as a good thing for this game? Absolutely. I think I view, you know, matchups that people get really excited about as a really good thing for this for this game. I think that's what excites people and gets them to the TV. But when they turn the TV on, they understand it's not an individual game. It wasn't Caitlin versus Leo. We weren't even matched up against each other at all. Um, it's not going to be Caitlin versus Angel. That's not what's going to win a national championship. But that's what gets them excited about watching the game. Um, so I think more than anything, you know, people are starting to understand women can play with, you know, excitement and a passion and a fire about themselves. And, um, you know, that's what's fun. That's- there you go. Yeah. Right, she she said basically I endorse this. Yes, this is my it's style of play. I want everybody That's to be playing like this. Exactly. And I gotta say, if everybody's playing like that, then women's basketball probably would be a lot more interesting. <laughs> just because they'd be better players, but also you get a lot of trash talk. I love trash talk, by the way. And by the way, I remember Kobe Bryant saying that LeBron James didn't like the trash talk, and he always thought he was weird. He was weird. Yeah, he always said that he said, man, that's he said he never met a, a great star that didn't like the trash talk because when you're that much better than everybody else, <laughs> why not taunt them? <laughs> right, right. Uh, but LeBron James, he said LeBron James didn't like the trash talk. It just wasn't something LeBron liked to do. Uh, Kobe, Kobe loved the trash talk. He got Kobe, you know, he, it would basically motivate him for others yeah. to trash talk him. And same thing with MJ. I don't think MJ was trying to taunt people as much as he wanted. He wanted fuel. He really wanted to. He wanted fuel. You. He wanted chip on. He wanted that chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And at times he wanted to kind of fuel that motivational currency, and he would you know stockpile as much of it as he could. So, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody's a little bit different. I think it's. You know, I don't have no problem with it. The refs. If the refs have a problem with it, then they should. Uh, by the way, the refs are a big part of this conversation. I know. If you want to talk about the refs and how bad they were, they did call was it thirty seven fouls? Yeah, it, it was it was bad. Yeah, they called thirty seven fouls in in the matchup. Uh, hell, LSU did hit eleven of seventeen from three though, and shoot. Thank you. you no, know, over fifty four percent from the field. Yep. that's a big part of it. But yes, 
refs played a big role in it with the 37 fouls. Um, we're, you know, I, I, I'm into storylines. I talk about storylines. That's what I'm into. I thought it was a great storyline. Hell, John Cena was even talking about it because yeah. she was doing what Kellen Clark's now. Kellen Clark's you can't see me uh, hand gesture or celebratory move is actually there's a there's a I think my man Zay did a great job too because I think he was referencing this. You talked about it too hard. It goes way way back. It goes back. So John Cena was on I think with Jimmy. Kimmel. It was Jimmy Kimmel. All right, and yep. he talked about this. I don't remember. This clip was from a, from a while ago. It actually wasn't. Because he was wearing a super yeah, hero outfit. Recent. Well, he's got a show on HBO Max. Can't mm. think of the name of it. I'm sure you, Patrick, you might Peace know Peacemaker. Yes, thank you very much. Um, and I've actually watched the first season. I don't know if they got the second season yet. I watched the first season. It wasn't bad at all. He's great. I think he's good. But either way, he was being asked about his the, the move that, or at least a celebratory gesture that he's become famous for, the You Can't See Me thing, which Caitlin Clark did, and which obviously she was taunted with by Angel Reese. Here is his explanation of the background and the genesis for it uh, himself and how he came up with it. Developed a special maneuver in the WWE called the You Can't See Me, in which I put my hand in front of my face and say, You can't see me. Yep. And the reason I did this is because while we were making the album, to which my uh, theme music is on, my younger brother, Sean, was always our litmus test. Uh, he kind of liked the same music, and he would never go to the studio with us, so we'd come home with our tracks, and we'd play it for him, and he was ruthless, man. He, wouldn't, he would never be satisfied with any song, and he heard The Time Is Now and just did this dance that Tony Yeo did in one of the G-Unit videos. It was like he put his hand over his head and just kind of like bobbed his head like that. Oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. And yeah, I was yeah. like, man, what are you doing? That looked like just ridiculous. He's like, no, no, man, this is a Tony Yeo dance is doing this thing. And I'm like, I'll do it on TV. And he's like, I dare you to do it on TV. Little did he know, I'll do this on TV. So, <laughs> so yeah, and I it was before that. Don't dare John Cena. So basically, basically uh, on a dare, by absolute chance, I went out there and I figured this wasn't visible enough, so I wanted to do this. And the term wow. you can't see me is like, well, you're not even on my level. There you go. There it is. Yeah, yo. Yeah, yo. Tony, Tony yeah, yo. Yeah, yo. G-Unit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, a G-Unit is 50 Cent's rap group that he famously was a part of. Uh, after, you know, Obviously, he was an independent artist, but he was a part of the rap group G-Unit where he had Ye- Tony, yeah, yo. Oh, man, who was the West Coast dude? The Game. Oh, yeah. The Game, game was in yeah. it. And I, so was uh, Lloyd Banks. Lloyd Banks. Yeah, Lloyd Banks. <laughs> Lloyd Banks. Lloyd Banks. <laughs> remember Lloyd Banks? I do remember Lloyd Banks. Yeah, he was part of the crew. Oh, man. Yeah, G-Unit. Man, I don't And Young Buck. You're right. Forgot and about Young, young Buck. Buck about yeah. that. Man, I guess, I guess it was a deeper unit than I thought. G-G-G-G-Unit. <laughs> I guess G-Unit. It was a deeper unit than I initially thought. Yeah. Uh, there you go. So that's the background on it. I yep. mean, now Tony Yeo's happy because Tony Yeo's been, been Googled again. He's been in a conversation, again. yeah. He's been Googled again. He's, he's trending again. He's like, oh, dude, why am I trending? trending? People yeah. thought Tony Yeo got killed or something. <laughs> Tony Yeo did? No, 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 no. People just do a little background on what happened with Tony Yeo. Love it. Uh, all right. Oh, okay, we'll come back. We'll get into some NFL news, notes, and nuggets on the other side because uh, Peter King has made um, um, a strange, 
and wild accusation about what the uh, the Texans may or may not do in the NFL draft with that second overall pick. We'll also talk about uh, who is the favorite for the uh, Cowboys' 26th overall pick. We'll do that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. Don't lie right here on 1049 The Horn. It is a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Uh, usually intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who a uh, team may have had a rough weekend. Um, but I mean, that was probably just Astros fans. Ghost Rolls! Um, Astros. Oh, Texas baseball. Texas baseball did not have rough a weekend. good weekend. Yeah, that was a little rough weekend there. Uh, losing the series to Oki State. Uh, got a bounce back though. Game coming up tomorrow. That's right for uh, for Texas baseball. What were your thoughts about the uh, mm. Texas Oklahoma State matchup? Well, it's like anything else. When the same situation that I was talking to you about before, if you can't put drive runs in when runners are in scoring position, it's going to come back to haunt you. And then you get a clutch situation where you have base bases loaded mm-hmm. and nobody out, and you can't get a run across the mm-hmm. plate. That that is going to wear on you, but let's not forget this team won sixteen games in a row. Um, sixteen, they, <clears throat> right? They moved themselves into the rankings. They've done a really good job. Mm. It's just situational stuff that they're going to have to continue to work on, and I'll talk touch on it a little bit in the Hard Knocks life as well. Yeah, uh, I figured you would, but I just want to give people a little sneak yeah. peek there talking about uh, Texas baseball. Uh, shout out to the Texas Rangers, though. The Rangers three and zero over the weekend. How many teams are three and zero? Like three, three teams, three teams are three and zero. Yeah, in Major League Baseball right and now. And the Rangers are one of them. And that yeah. was after everybody was lighting oh, us up I, I on remember. the opening day. <laughs> like it's opening day, and you go tell me that it's over. Nothing's over. No, no, no. That uh, <laughs> down down five runs exactly. in the fourth inning of game one to open up the season had Rangers fans. Pretty Same low. old Rangers. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of angst on the Specs text line. Turns out, man, Rangers. And I would say you poured it out. Also, you and Chipper had a conversation about it when you brought Chipper on the show, Chipper Jones on the show, yep. uh, that y'all think the Rangers are going to surprise some people. Well, surprise. The surprise. Hey. <laughs> and now, they can hit. It's a long season, but surprise. And they can hit. Yeah, they can hit. No doubt. They can hit. And the pitching is going to get better. Yeah, it's going to definitely get better. I I was talking to a a baseball friend of mine yesterday, and I was bringing up the fact. I said, DeGrom's first start was against a team that knew him. It was against the Phillies. Phillies represented the the National League and the World Series. They played against each other. They played against each other a lot because they were in the same division. It's real. So then you start looking at it. When they start facing other teams – that have never seen him before, it's going to be a different story. They had a book on him already, so they understood the assignment when they got to the plate. So there's a a difference when those types of things, and for Corey Seager last year, he was new to the American League. They were playing in shifts. His average was down last year because of that. 
So now he's adjusted to the league. The league's seen him, and now he's going to start going again, and so things are changed. Yeah, is the Grom's not going to have a performance worse than that. No. <laughs> no. It's only going to get it's better. It's going to get better for y'all it's on that point. That's right. There. That's right. Uh, but no, yeah, man, Rangers fans, uh, they're on cloud nine right now, feeling real good about the way they perform at the GILF. At the GILF. Uh, all right, uh, spec sex line, 512-337-3776. Uh, man, Harge is at Hardball Harge in Twitterverse. Patrick Davis, the real MVP at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse, and I'm at Rod Babers in Twitterverse. All right, gentlemen, how about this story? Peter King um, pointed this out in his Football Morning in America column, and I guess Patrick won't get freaked out because he's a former Texans fan. <laughs> but as a Texans fan, freaks me out just a little bit just to hear this. So um, he's basically, I'll read the excerpt here. He said the Texans, he said, we're all operating under the belief the Texans will pick a quarterback that Carolina leaves for them. I'm 90% on board with that. The Texans also picked 12th. He said, with that pick and two first-round picks next year, is it impossible to think they take the, the cleanest prospect in this draft, Alabama pass rusher Will Anderson, at two and get their quarterback slightly lower somewhere around the fourth pick or after? He said, I think the Texans are going to go quarterback at two. But in the last few days, I've heard this about Nick Casario. Very conservative. If he doesn't love a quarterback at two, he's not going to force it. He'd rather take this year's sure thing, which they are saying basically like last year's Aiden Hutchinson would be Will Anderson. He said, it's a, he, talk, he, said he talked to one league personnel man, quote, it's a stretch, but I could see Nick taking Anderson than using his second first round pick and trading back up to get his quarterback. Um Patrick, you actually pointed this out too. It's one of your theories you had back then that made me really uncomfortable. Not gonna lie. That the Texans could decide to go conservative here and just and but that I think we were talking about maybe they were getting a free agent quarterback then potentially yeah, that, that with was, that theory. It, yeah. But this is a different theory, I guess. But they're basically saying they they may not take the value of whoever quarterback drops to them at two, they may decide take what they think is a better value with Will Anderson and then drop down or drop down and trade back up potentially to get their quarterback, which I think would be a horrendous disaster. But it's the Texans, so all options are open to be the ultimate fuster cluck of a franchise. Yeah, I mean, this is – and I I don't know if he's got new information or if it's the same information that's been there the whole time, which is – we want to draft defense. We love defense. We think Will Anderson's really good, or we think Jalen Cart. We think whoever's really good, and we don't like any of these quarterbacks really. We just don't, and yeah. I don't think we ever are going to like a quarterback. I like. I, I'm pretty sold. Nick Casario wants like a Mac Jones. Like he wants that quarterback who's not great, and the rest of the team will say, "Well, we don't want that guy." So I don't know if they're ever going to really love a quarterback until he gets there and plays for them. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like this this team likes quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, so I yeah, I thought they could have gone after Jimmy G. And then drafted running and drafted two guys, defensive players this year, and basically say, "Well, we're going to draft offense next year, but we're going to fix our defense first. That would have worked. Jimmy but G in the, but Jimmy in the meantime, G, we knew that he, not, yeah. you know, he, he wants to play. He wants to be. He wants to be more than a bridge quarterback and a stopgap. Well, yeah, we know and the that, Raiders now. All the rumors yeah. are they're drafting a quarterback with seven because he's a so bridge he, quarterback. <laughs> right, right, right. So it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But that, That's what he. That's why he didn't want to come but to the Texans. It, that's that is what I've said for day. I'm not going to say I'm going back to the Texans until they don't do something stupid like this and go. Oh, we'll take Hinton Hooker at oh, at twelve. And uh, we'll just hope that his knee gets better, and he's he's already twenty five. And I like I think Hendon Hooker is a good pick. I don't think he's a good pick at twelve. 
that the fans will riot. Even if you trade back up to get Will Levis, who some people are saying oh. he'll be there. That's, I, I, I think I, that's more of a right than Hendon Hooker. Because Will Levis is, you're like, we're basing this off of a level of play that doesn't match. Like, we don't know what he can do. We, we really don't. We know he has the arm talent, but he could be a gigantic bust. He could be a star. But I think his I think he's one of those guys where his his floor is way below where anybody else's floor is. Yeah, and to that point, Peter King had another, uh, I guess, report hmm. within his football morning in America. This one has to do with the Panthers with the number one overall pick. Apparently, they are still conflicted as an organization. How about this? This is what Peter King says in his uh, Football Morning in America column. He said um, about Frank Reich and his, I don't know, preference about the height of his quarterbacks mm-hmm. in terms of whether he likes Bryce Young or not. Quote, um, he said, uh, you're, <laughs> you're the one who started that. He's talking about people's, I don't know, the belief that he's all about big quarterbacks. Hey, Frank said that to Peter King at the league meetings about his quarterback height thing. Um, Reich's been a QB coach, coordinator, or head coach for 17 years, and in all but six of those 17 years, his quarterback was 6'4 or taller. Um, he said he told Peter King, quarterback is not really, uh, height is not really a thing for him at quarterback. So 5'10 Bryce Young or 6'3 uh, CJ Stroud, not much of a difference unless they're looking at it, obviously, based on their own evaluate independent evaluation. He's but Peter King says a one time long long time friend, all right. Sorry, one long time friend, not one time one long time friend. Uh, Frank Reich told him that the height thing is legit with Frank Reich, and though Reich hasn't told him so, um, this friend would be surprised if Young were Frank Reich's top choice. Reich's not saying uh, the other thing I hear is several influential voices within the organization favor Bryce Young. Including the owner. Hmm. Yeah. I like that. Because a lot of people think the ownership favors Bryce Young and management does, but not Frank Reich. So they <laughs> could go either way, or at least they're leaving the door wide open. They yeah. can go either way. We, I mean, we also who, has the cl- who has the clear vote, though? Yeah. Well, uh, the, the ownership. Owner. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Well, I can tell you who did not have the clear vote in Indianapolis. Yep. Frank Reich. Frank Reich did not yeah, have. Exactly. I don't know if he had a vote at all in Indy. That's true. I mean, he, he probably did for Carson Wentz, but after that, I don't think he had any votes. Carson so. Wentz would be the only one that I would say that he did have a vote for because he had a previous relationship yeah. with him, and they walked together, right? You know what I'm saying? They walked the same type yeah. of lifestyle. So yeah. when I look at that and I say, who has the final say? And if the owner is the one that's going to have that final say, uh, you're going to get yourself something, and you might be getting Bryce Young. Yeah, uh, I, I think you know, but sometimes the owners will let the guy they hire to do the job do the job. I got you. Some owners, do some that. do, some do, and sometimes some. those are the more <laughs> the more successful owners. I agree, they are. But again, if the GM wants Bryce Young and the owner wants Bryce Young, yeah. and the coach wants CJ Stroud, it's like I'm th- I mean, then then he goes, I'm trusting the GM that I hired, and he and everybody else says they want to go with Bryce Young because he's a better quarterback. And my coach is the only one who wants him, and that's just because he doesn't like short guys. And by the way, these reports were one and two in Peter King's Football Morning right. in America. Right. So something tells me they might be somewhat related. <laughs> Very similar All right. when so, you start looking at it. Uh, maybe he's hearing that the Texans like Bryce Young too. Yeah, right. And if the Panthers like Bryce Young, and, he, and they like Bryce Young, 
And they, you know, C.J. Stroud is the guy that's like, well, yeah, I'll take C.J. Stroud, but I don't love C.J. Stroud. Right, right. Then I wonder if they'll think about going defense, going back to Patrick's theory, go defense, and then look to, I don't know, compile more of your picks next year and say, we're going all in next year. It's going to get the number one overall pick, which – your chances of being that high why, again. Why, are, it just goes back to why didn't you just trade up to go get that Exactly. Pick? And you still can, by the way. Yeah, there's you still, still time. Can. If yep. you really love Bryce Young that much, yep. go fight for her. Yeah. Sorry, that's, that's what women would say, right? If you, is, that, <laughs> is that who you love? If you then really, go fight for her. It sounds you, like a scene from a yeah, movie. <laughs> it's a romantic comedy, Texans. If you really <laughs> love her that much, go fight for her, damn it. Give up those picks. I'm just, you know, what are you doing? Why you go fight for you her? Know, don't settle. Yes, yes. You tell your friends at all times, don't settle, man. Go, yeah. You know what I mean? Go get the, your soulmate. I know. So, so what you're saying don't is on draft night, if they're if Texas are pick two, we I don't need a camera of the Panthers war room when they draft Bryce Young. I don't need that picture. No, we I want the, the video of the Texans, of the Texans yes. draft room when they draft whoever quarterback. And we see them elated or devastated. Ding, 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 ding. Because right now they're rolling the dice. This is like well, they're playing we roulette here. Yes. CJ Stroud is meeting 50, with the 50. Texans on Wednesday of this week. He is going to Houston to meet with the Texans. So maybe after Wednesday they have a great meeting and they feel better about it and then the reports change. Or maybe Wednesday they feel worse about it and the reports yeah. go yeah. further. Because, I, I, again, I, I, I'm with you. I think Bryce Young is the guy that most – most people would want. They're coveting him. Amen. And it's and but that's not and it's not a hundred percent a football decision there. I think the media has not talked about CJ Stroud at all. He has basically been an afterthought. It was it was Bryce Young and Will Levis, and now it's Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. And those are the only guys who get talked. CJ Stroud still has not really been a big talking point. So if you're an owner or if you're a guy who's just more focused, if you're looking at like, oh, I want a star, <laughs> CJ Stroud mm-hmm. right now has zero star attraction oh, okay. yeah. because you're like dude you're the you're clearly the second best quarterback in this draft and still nobody cares no you're right, right. there's more talk about uh bryce young's height no they're talking about hinden hooker today hinden hooker who's 25 years old with a torn acl and they're still like now nah, we're gonna talk about him before cj Stroud. Yeah, yeah i don't know what's going on but i look i said i i i like both Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, I think there's a precipitous drop-off after those two guys, and I prefer Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud, but there's still a lot of questions about his height, and really less about his height than how slight he is as a player overall in his frame, but yeah, if you're the Texans, and like I said, if you are, if Bryce go Young, fight for her. go fight for him, what are you doing? You got the picks, you got two first-round picks this yeah, year, yeah. two first-round picks next year. Just go. Just just give the Panthers what they want. The Panthers, that's all they want. They basically want you. Because I don't think the Panthers really know who they want. That's, that's the report is indicating that. And from the get-go, that has been pretty much the reports coming out of Carolina. Oh, management wants one thing, and the coaches want another thing. Well, go get your guy, and then let the Panthers, let them be the team that decides to settle on what quarterback I'll they I'll tell you get. this. If you draft Will Anderson, number two, I expect before pick 12, the Lamar Jackson trade to be announced, and that's the quarterback you were going after. It won't happen, but that was what I would expect if you took a quarterback (laughs) to. Then you don't like a rookie quarterback. 
Go get a guy who's a former that, MVP that, and have that your would, fun. That would be Nick Casario's uh, version of the Kobe special for the, the Texans fan base. Yep. If he took Will Anderson at number two overall and then, and then trade him. everybody excommunicated him and decided, you know what, nah, man, that guy, we, he needs to be fired on the spot. And then he traded for Lamar Jackson. We're like, okay, you know what? It's all okay, right, okay. I, I like the way he worked that. I like the way he worked that. That boy did good. This guy's a maverick, man. He works outside the You know what I'm saying? He's a maverick. It's what this guy does, man. <laughs> Keep working outside the line I like that. I love it. Uh, all right, we come back. Uh, we'll get into the flex on the other side, right here on Ball No Line, one foot down the horn. Mm, welcome back to Ball No Line, right here on One Foot Down the Horn. Smooth Soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Oh, man. Intended to soothe the tortured soul of sports fans who may have had a tough weekend. Um, Texas baseball, that uh, that's you I'm talking about. Texas uh, Texas baseball. Uh, Texas softball, too. Yeah. Texas they, softball had a tough weekend. They went weekend. above the Red River oh. and things didn't go well. Man, well, damn, somebody Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Oklahoma softball is – that's who well, beat him in the national championship that's last year. That's true. Good point. They're a powerhouse. So yeah. Great point. Uh, but still, uh, rough weekend for them. Rough, rough weekend for the Astros as well. Um, my man Patrick doing a great job for a, a smooth soul Mondays. Who was that, by the way? Rita Franklin. Rita Franklin. Want to make sure. That's what I thought. That's what I thought, too. show sounded like a – Yeah, it did. The show did. <laughs> <laughs> and you show sound like Coach Terry. Uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to get into Coach Terry in a little bit. Uh, yeah, we will get into Coach Terry. We got some Coach Terry sound, actually. Uh, Coach Terry setting the record straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. Uh, but let's get into the flex. FLX ATX uh, on all of your social media platforms, FLXATX.com. Um, go there and check out. Uh, got some great content up there for you. Uh, remember, the still got the – uh, the kinfolk uh, still got the uh, Nico Hamilton uh, Wednesday Night Flex show up there for you. If you want to go check that out, uh, that's podcasted already. Uh, also, actually, they got uh, all uh, a couple of the Flex shows uh, yep. up there for you, the most recent ones. Even the one uh, they had with Bryce Hager. Got to throw that out there, too. That's yep. up there for you as well if you want to go check that out. Uh, let's go to FLXATX.com, FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. Go check out all the great content uh, they got up there for you. Um, okay, uh, coming up a little bit later on, we'll get to my – a little bit later on next segment we're gonna get to some texas spring football nuggets and mm-hmm. updates there's some scrimmage uh items we'll get to a lot of great reports coming out about the texas uh, spring football scrimmage i mean harge got a chance to hang out with uh sark a little bit over the weekend yeah uh, yep. my man uh got because uh right didn't tyler campbell have tyler campbell had, had his, his event, event this weekend and, uh, had a lot of long like lifetime longhorn show legendary yeah. i was gonna say there was the only one that was missing was my man rob b yeah man rob i I went the last couple of years. Yeah. And I couldn't make it uh, this weekend because I, 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 I had other plans. Yeah. Well, not my plans, but plans. Yeah, I, I don't I, get, I, we understand. I'm in a democracy these He's days. There you I don't go. get to make my own decisions all the time. Yeah, but, I missed uh, the yeah. last couple of years too because it of was the fact we were out of town for my son's events. Yeah. I was always missing it because of that. And this year was the first time that he was actually playing in town, so we had an opportunity to go right over after it. it 
That is Fantastic. a first-class event. It really is. And we'll man. talk about it a little bit more because you're right. There were a ton of former Longhorns that were in the house. It's always Hall great. of Famers. Yeah, Hall of Famers. Uh, gold and not, jackets. And they was just, walking yeah. with their gold jackets yeah. on. No, it is. It's It yeah. really is one of those events where you kind of walk around with your mouth open the whole time in awe. Because you no end doubt. up like just because you end up like eating and or grabbing oh a drink, and then you bump bump into our back to back with a Hall of Famer. And yeah. You're just like oh wow. Okay, okay. it's okay. you, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so this is yeah. what you look like up close. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a really really great event. We'll get some more details about it. Uh, and like I said, I'm sad. I'm sad I missed it. I went the last couple of years, couldn't make it this week. Uh, but my man Harge went there, and Rep. he got a chance to rub some shoulders. I did. Um, and nobody rubs shoulders better than my man Harge. <laughs> uh, uh, even if that sounds creepy, that's not the way I meant it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll come right back. We'll get to so we'll go behind the burnt orange curtain, talk some Texas football right here on, Bar, uh, on Ball Don't Lie, 104.7.